Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad Shrinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. And Zeke, thank you for making me a part of your day today. I tell you what, it was tough. It's been tough. I mean, (laughs) you with your new baby, uh, I just got back from vacation. Sorry, we're getting this one to y'all. Uh, a couple days late. We apologize for that, but you know, life has been tough for the dads to to get together. You know. Yeah, and then even when our schedules have worked out, um, the the stars haven't quite aligned. We got together last week before uh, both of us were checking out for you know Thanksgiving with the families. Sat down, did some tastings, uh, had our notes down, literally getting everything set up to record. Hey, the door swings open. Here comes some uh, Diageo, Diego folks. Well, no, I mean, we should set this up first because we tried knowing that we can't record at my house and we can't record at your house. Well, we can. It's just in the garage and cold right now. Yeah, it's in the garage and it was 20 degrees outside. (laughs) We said, you know, Zeke's Airbnb was booked up. We go, all right, let's go over to the whiskey house. We're like 0 for 4 recording at the whiskey house. So we're sitting there on the couch, we're, we're taking sips of everything, and all of a sudden door swings open, continue your story. The, the Diageo reps come in, our friend Brian Downing comes in, JB comes in. JB had Mary Beth with him, her boys, and then um, happened to have somehow... a 1940s Johnny Walker. Yeah, him. along with another bottle of Heaven Hill 27 he picked up, which I'm sure we'll discuss uh, that in samples and where we came on all this, but... So yeah, everybody got the talking, shooting the proverbial uh, breeze while sampling some good booze. Well, I won't gonna say good all around. That scotch was still scotch, but I, I will <laughs> say that the 1940s scotch was pretty awesome because it really cut down on the peatiness of it. I mean, it was definitely a a milder, tamer version than what of anything I've had now. Well, it's been a while since I've had any Johnny Walker Blue, but it it was just more. I guess even kiltered or softer, so to speak, in the pronounced flavors that came off of it. But inversely, what I did think was interesting was it seemed much more similar to me between the two than almost probably any old dusty bourbon then compared to now. Even stuff from the you know eighties, like a you know a turkey eagle rare, all those that you can get that are you know still the same name and label, but you're not drinking the same sauce. You know, that scotch, it doesn't have the old funk that like a bourbon will get. When you when you open it up, it doesn't have that library mustiness to it. it. I mean, it's still a scotch. It was a little more muted, a little more palatable for not an experienced scotch drinker, but it doesn't have that, you know, it's not like you're opening up a library book like you do with bourbon sometimes. No, no, not at all. And like I say, the, the continuity definitely seemed to be there as far as a consistent flavor profile and i mean best guess right that has to be an absence of corn uh some of the other things that's put in bourbon that are not put in scotch that probably allow it to maintain itself a little bit longer i mean i'm, I'm not gonna we're gonna get roasted in the comments if we jump to <laughs> conclusions on something we don't know about but i will say it's something that we would like to learn more about oh. i think well my ignorant guess was just the fact that they reuse barrels and always have so 
you know, if we look at that theory on as far as, you know, the quality of wood isn't what it used to be. And that obviously being a major component of what goes into the juice over time, they're reusing the same barrels. They're also, you know, would have been used before even that older one was bought barreled. So then, you know, you've just got much easier, much more consistent flavors, which over time are probably just going to leach out less, I would guess. But True, true. But it, it was overall, though, it was a good night. Although the, the clock was ticking down and we were just like, we are not going to have enough time to record before Zeke has to get home to the family. We went our separate ways after that night. I went down and went on a Disney cruise. Uh, Zeke went down to Georgia because that's what the devil does. And, <laughs> and then you know, I got back into town last night and there was no way we were recording last night. After I was chasing a two and a half year old around a Disney cruise, meeting all the characters, I will say uh, just a, a pro tip. We talked about it a little bit in our Facebook group, shameless plug. If you are not in the Dad's Drinking Bourbon Facebook group, everybody's doing it. Uh, it's a place to, to have more conversation with us and talk a little bit more. It is a closed group, so make sure you answer the questions and go ahead and join. But I was talking about the Meridian, which is a bar on the Disney cruise they do a bourbon tasting for $28, which, you know, if you know cruise alcohol prices, it really isn't that bad. Mm -mm. It was a Johnny Walker Black. It was then a, uh, a McAllen. And then it was an Irish whiskey. And I can't remember off the top of my head which Irish whiskey. It was the... The ship was listing pretty hard that night, and everybody was kind of getting rocked to sleep during the tasting, I think. So is this billed as a bourbon tasting or a whiskey tasting? A whiskey tasting. Okay. And then the last one was Blanton's. So you kind of went through what's the difference between an Irish whiskey, a scotch, or what's a blended scotch versus a, a you know regular single malt scotch, an Irish whiskey, and a bourbon. Hmm. I could get it on the nose. So before we even sat down, I go, okay, I know which one's in every glass. We're good. I'm going to go to sleep now. Uh, you weren't that guy, were you, John? No, I shut up because I was so tired. <laughs> I just kind of, he's asking for tasting notes and everybody was kind of, I mean, he did a very good job explaining everything. It was, it was very, a very good overview if you haven't sampled different whiskeys, but to get those four whiskeys for $28, I just was happy to sit there and shut up and drink some good stuff. Well, not too bad. But the Meridian on the 12th floor aft of the ship. I will say, though, they do have Pappy 23 for $300 a pour. So Would they let you pour it yourself? No. Oh, bummer. They have a lot of uh, rare whiskeys, more rare scotch. They have Dalmore. I thought you were going to say a chicken squall. It's going to be impressed. No, no, no. <laughs> But uh, but it was a nice place. You can smoke cigars up there. It was a nice place to kind of get away and escape the the children of the boat, I will say. Most importantly, did you have your phone and or did it work while you were in that uh, other area? No. So oh, I didn't man. do the, winter, I didn't winter, do chicken the internet dinner. package. Yeah. But they do have this thing on the ship where you can actually go on the ship's Wi-Fi and then you can still communicate. You can text with the people mm -hmm. in your party while you're on the ship. You just can't go on the internet. So you, in theory, you could have been summoned away from enjoying that cigar then. Exactly. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I do, if, if anyone from Disney or Disney Cruise Line is listening, 
the dads are available to go on a cruise and do a proper bourbon tasting. We are available. We we would be happy to go, bring the family. You guys going to say they have to comp the whole family? You know how expensive a trip that'd be? Hey, I'm just <laughs> saying we could do multiple tastings on a voyage. You know, like they, they could watch the kids. It's like the biggest... Uh... Role reversal ever. I think our other halves would finally be happy for once because of uh, the bourbon thing yielding something. I know. So Yet Disney... every other dad on that cruise, their wife would be cussing them like, you're going to another tasting, really? I'm just saying we could go through <laughs> different types. For could once, do... we wouldn't be getting cussed about drinking. I know we could do more than one type of, of bourbon. You know, We could talk about the difference between a bourbon and a rye. We could really focus on American whiskey. The American malts that are coming out. We are happy to talk about anything. So shameless plug again, Disney Cruise Line, hit us up. We, we would love to sail with you. <laughs> but let's get, so we were in the midst uh, the other night. We were trying to talk about Heaven Hill 27. And then we were talking about our friend Heath Clark and H. Clark Distillery down in Thompson Station. They are about to release a bottled and bond on December 8th and it's going to be a great day for everyone to come down to H. Clark. I'm sure he's going to have some music playing, the cornhole going, the grill fired. You know, Heath, he always does it right. So he released uh, a couple weeks ago and it was actually, man, it was a few weeks ago now. I got to go down and spend some time with Heath and him and I just sat around and we got some of this bottled and bond. We drank it, we talked about it and then for you, Zeke, we went up and drilled a hole in a gin barrel and tried some of his barrel-aged gin. I brought you some back. We don't have to talk about that. We don't know what he's going to do with it and when, but I will tell you it was damn good. And uh, the flavor profile jumped around to all these different notes that they didn't put in there, you know. but water really just changed it because when we got it out, it was something like 150 proof. You put a little bit of water in there. And it really just mellowed it out nicely. I know you got some of that, and I hope you enjoy it, because I drilled the barrel just to get it for you. Heath even lets you run the drill? Yeah, uh, no. Uh-oh. I watched him. I, I held the light. We were up in the attic of the barn, <laughs> and uh, I uh, I held the light while Heath drilled it. Could you even stand up all the way? No. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning you know a, a, a very tiny attic, and you've been over in some awkward-looking position, trying to hold a light and also get pictures with your phone and then like dropping something. Uh, I was holding a light in one hand and getting a video with the other. Yeah. I can see this being a lot going on, <laughs> but we will talk about he's bottled and bond. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about this heaven Hill 27. It is a 27 year old release from heaven Hill. We should talk about before we get into our reviews. If you haven't heard us before, we're pretty simple. We just give whatever we get, Right or wrong, everybody's right when it comes to bourbon. It's just what your palate gets. This was not sent to us from Heaven Hill. We were lucky enough to get some samples of this in a bottle share that we did in Nashville. It was not supplied to us from Heaven Hill. This was our own purchase along with a bunch of other people. It's 27 years old, 94.7 proof, 47.35% ABV. It is 78% corn, 12% malted barley, and 10% rye. The MSRP on this is $400. It was produced at the Old Heaven Hill Springs Distillery, which, Zeke, is your favorite thing because it's pre-fire. It is 41 barrels that were 
distilled in 1989 and 1990, which yielded 2,820 bottles at the end of the day. Not too bad. Not too bad. What's that come out to an average per barrel? I, now you're making me think. You didn't have that stat written down? John, you're the stat no. guy here. This is what I mean, it's got to be what we rely on. So 41 into 2820, it's got to be like 50, 50 something percent. Yeah, I think yeah. it's around 50, 50 to 60s. Give or take 55. Luckily, I talked about this with some friends earlier, so I was trying to see how quick your math skills were. 53.5. That's a Weller 107. <laughs> The funny thing is when we were talking about this the other day with our friend Brian from Diageo, we were talking about how there was 73% evaporation in these uh, barrels. And a lot of them were, were aged on the first couple of floors. But the evaporation, as we learned, doesn't necessarily mean it's the evaporation of liquid in there. It was the evaporation of alcohol, which brought the proof down. But they still did have... A decent yield. So when you hear evaporation of 73%, that doesn't necessarily mean there was the volume of the barrel was only 27% liquid. It just meant that the alcohol had evaporated. Well, no, he was saying something about condensation and when it falls back from the roof of the barrel back in. Yeah. So we don't know necessarily what that made the yield of each barrel, but it didn't mean that it was 27%, right? Like it's more than the 27% left in the barrel. If it says it's 73% evaporated, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you only have 27% volume left. Oh, you never know what the fill level is yeah. either. I mean, who knows back then? Yeah, so you learn something new every day. We're still learning. We don't know everything, as a lot of people like to point out to us. We're having this again tonight because we had it. We had it before, and we were all ready to do this, but we, we wanted to refresh our palate. So we are having this again tonight. Um, we had it right before we got on. We put some notes down. For me, the, I, I really enjoyed this. I don't know if I enjoyed it at $400. I understand the, the cost and, and you know having a 27-year-old whiskey and everything that goes into that. So I understand where the cost is. I just don't know if I'm ready to pay $400 for anything. Call me a cheapskate. But... The nose was a lot of vanilla and cigars. It really opened up for me after a few minutes, though. It doesn't change as I let it air, but it just became stronger and more intense, that vanilla and cigars. What do you get on the, the nose for this one? Uh, Nose-wise, I put down, it definitely had noticeable characteristics of um, you know sweet oak, as I've always heard it described, as far as the difference in some of the wood and uh, you know, the older bottlings like pre-fire. You know, we talked about old turkey oldie or rare but uh, sweet oak general term there and then also at times it still was very fresh peppery a little bit of uh, vibrance i just put down it seemed to be a fun balance of both old and new characteristics that just kind of danced around at some point i got a smell and i put down elderberry i was trying to look up because that's not something i normally think about i don't know where it came from were you watching monty python i never really got into those oh um, so that, that could be a little off base. Um, I've still got a question mark beside that. And apparently I never researched it as much as I needed to, but that's where I was nose wise with it. The taste for me, I got oak tannins and tobacco. That cigar theme really stayed with it. Uh, on the second sip, maybe I got a slight hint of black cherry or dark fruit, but for me, there was almost like a, it almost 
tasted like I was drinking a cigar, not in a bad way, but the notes that you get in your mouth when you're when you have a really nice fine cigar. I, I got a lot of that, you know, tobacco, almost like a cigar cigar tobacco, but a sweet vanilla one. Drinking I, a tobacco, oh, drinking oh cigar. Oh, I, I, it's I not in a that. bad way. Oh man. You might have turned my stomach with that one a little bit there, John. No, I mean, maybe maybe that's what came up in the finish. Like, it just, my mouth felt like I was smoking a cigar while I was having it. I mean, I think we may, should try this out. I'll, you know, put a cigar in a thing of water for about a week, and the next time we get together. No, because that would, it, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> in a bad way. It just, like, you know how your mouth kind of tastes when, when you're smoking a cigar? Yeah. Kind of like that. Like, it, it just felt like I had been smoking a cigar. Okay. Not like I was drinking a cigar, but like, you know, my mouth, it, it lingered. I mean, that definitely lingered on the uh, on the finish, and I, I guess I'll just kind of go in to talk about that too. But, like, the mouth tingle was nice in there on the chew, uh, but that oak leather, tobacco, dark fruit, they linger. The bourbon taste for me was gone pretty quickly without much fanfare it, it really just was gone and that oak tobacco vanilla kind of lingered that whole just cigarness lingered for me it was a theme throughout the whole time i had it is this because you were going on a themed cruise the next couple of days and you were trying to prepare yourself oh boy <laughs> dear god between that and drinking a cigar, John, you're going to give me a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, let's see here. Palette-wise, and I'll preface this at least just simply the week before. Uh, a good friend was in town, happened to be able to try. Uh, for anyone that follows Willet and or horse racing and whatnot, they put out a 27-year the Go Justify bottle. Also, Heaven Hill, presumably. And I was really surprised by it. I mean, I wasn't blown away or amazed but i think the perceived notion of a 27 year old bourbon going into it nobody's really expecting you know to be blown away or life-changing by any means no but one of the things i will say is that we did have this side by side uh at one point with evan williams 23 and i will say that you know for all those notes it really was enjoyable i would love to light up a cigar and have a pour of this with it you know, I think it, it pairs very nicely with that. And it kind of has that refined luxury feel like you do when you're sitting out on the back deck, smoking a cigar, drinking a bourbon. But we had it side by side with Evan Williams 23, and it completely ruined Evan Williams 23 for me. Well, they were just completely different. And I think that just not to deviate, sorry, I was going to bring this up later after the notes, but I think it just really goes to show people how much variance there can be in, you know, Rick location and or Rick itself. Um, you know, also you never know if the barrels could have possibly had a different char. Odds are the mash was the same back then. For 23 or 27, I, I didn't see hardly any similarities that I would at least expect in my mind of, all right, so yeah, this one's 23, 27. They're going to be pretty close there, but they really weren't. They're pretty far apart. Exactly. I'm, I'm right there with you. But jumping back on track to the Heaven Hill 27, uh, palette-wise for me, uh, I've got down the, the oak was strong initially, but honestly not as much as you would expect for 27 years in the wood. 
eventually the the you know bitterness from that does seem, seem to overtake uh, the the marshmallow flavor uh, that I you know usually find in a lot of the old good pre-fire bottles and whatnot. It was not too viscous, honestly. At moments, I, it really tried to be a sweet and savory, uh, and I just put down, you know, as much as it tried. You know, Father Time's going to win this battle every every single time. Um, also, similar notes as far as uh, you know, when you get a little bit of pepper that would kick up and a little vibrancy, it would be in a you know a flash here and there, but eventually, you know, the end result was just wow. This thing's been aged, or these barrels were aged for a long damn time. Finish-wise, I put down, uh, honestly, I thought it's an amazing linger. Um, I, I said it, the, the finish to me, compared to most things that I've had, uh, literally equated to the extra amount of time that these, you know, were in the barrels, as opposed to other stuff that, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12-year-old juice. I mean, the, the finish just... It stayed for forever. And uh, <laughs> laughably, a couple of tidbits I had on that, especially uh, funny with John's theme. My note was that, the, you know, once the finish finally left, it's like the following, following morning after a cigar when you wake up, if you uh, don't brush your teeth or have too much to drink following it, just that lingering taste that's kind of there and that, you know, knack that you just can't get rid of fast enough. Um, the other analogy I had was uh, kind of like if you were uh, you know doing s'mores this time of year, and uh, you know you fix one and forget about it, or you know you might be drinking or whatnot. The next day when you're cleaning up around the house or outside, you, you find a s'more nobody ate, and you went to ah, why not? I'm hungry. It's early. I'll try to taste this thing. Um, <laughs> that uh, that graham cracker is pretty wet and uh, dewy, most likely, and. Uh, kind of destroys the, the whole flavor concept. Or not destroys, but it definitely alters it pretty strongly. So what's your overall take on this? At, at $400, would you buy this? Would you would you pass on it? Would you get it at a bar? What would you do? I, I think this is a perfect split bottle. I mean, granted, they're obviously going for a very fair amount of coin on secondary, at least last I checked. Uh, but for me, you know, this is going to be a one-time release, at least as far as anyone can tell. Especially the fact that it's pre-fire versus not. They can't have too many more of these old barrels just sitting around. So if there is any additional releases, who knows if they'll even be the you know the same stuff, so to speak. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's just a definite, a good split. Uh, you know, on that note, big thanks to uh, JB for uh, for doing that. He was lucky enough to, to find two or three of these at retail. And, you know, as soon as he got them, just posted, hey, Got these, popping them. Here was the cost. Same to you per ounce. Honestly, I, I can't think of too many other bottles recently that have been just an ideal split like this is. And I can't think of too many other people like JB. Just to take a second uh, to... I mean, this guy put together something like 30 samples of this. Oh, no, it was... <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. It, it was... He went and filled up ounce bottles of this for so many people there's not that many people that would go ahead and do that it's you know jb especially but it's one of the things that makes the nashville community so special that you know we have people that would go get an allocated release like this and say hey i got it i'm popping it who wants some 
and uh, you know, also another note that I'd written down. <clears throat> surprised John didn't bring it up because it's usually uh, more, more his cup of tea. But the box and the presentation of this thing, I think if if you know a retailer happened to pull it out and said, "Well, do you want this?" Man, it'd be hard to walk away from. If you see it, <laughs> you know it's one of those things. And and I said that I would I would have some trepidation at four hundred dollars. But if I had the four hundred dollars, you know, if it wasn't Christmas time, and if I didn't just go on a Disney cruise, if they got me in like March, I'm in. Yeah, I think, uh, if, I think if it's in front of you, you're just like. Man, and that's honestly not even as a the prospect of or the notion of flipping. It's just this is really interesting looking. You know, it's never going to come around again. Are you going to enjoy drinking the whole bottle, or would you want to? Some maybe, but but I don't think so. But it actually has so it it's encased in this open wood case. So it's not like a, a Booker's case where closed in on three sides. I mean, you can actually see it from the side, and then. There is a magnetic piece of wood at the very top that you have to take out in order to get the bottle out. And then it goes back and it it attaches via a magnet and you hear it click into place. And it's just, it's very impressive. Heaven Hill went above and beyond to make sure that this limited edition release and, and this unique release had unique packaging they had a little booklet thing in there too, didn't it? Oh yeah, they definitely did what they should have for a release like this. You have to give them credit for that. You know, I think when you have those releases that get up in that price, you would like to see more than just the bottle on the shelf. You would like to be wooed if you're gonna, <laughs> you know, need to be wooed a little bit. Uh, and they definitely hit the packaging and the presentation. It looked classy. Uh, for me, it tasted classy. I, I wish, you know, a lot of times people think we're just being cheapskates. I mean, we're two dads out here that like a very expensive hobby. And we have to think about being creative sometimes to get it. It's not like if I had the 400 bucks to spend, I'm in. I'm, I'm in all the time. But we have, you know, we have kids to think about. We have wives to think about. And, uh, and, and sometimes just can't float 400 bucks at a certain time of the year. But like we said, it's one of the perfect things to bottle split. Yep. Group text message. Who's in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. So I think our vote is that it's good, but I don't think I would, I don't think I'd have the cojones to pony it up on my own this time of year. I mean, I wouldn't even put the, the this time of year asterisks on it. I, I just think it's enjoyable and it's fun and you know, like I say, it's nothing I think anybody's going to hoard or sit on and, and slowly sip over the next few years. You know, pass it around, share it with folks, and, and you know, enjoy it as it's meant to be. And, uh, you know, the fact there is a little of a premium price on it, uh, you, you know, folks understand. And I don't think anybody would have a problem splitting this with 10 to 20 close friends in a you know heartbeat. No, no, not at all. So moving on, we did try H. Clark Distillery, the bottle and bond. Heath did give this to us. He gave us a, a sample bottle, which we shared. I got a little more than Zeke because I got to go down to the distillery and try it with Heath. Oh, I thought you were talking about these glasses because yours look twice as full as mine. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I can... But we there were only 220 bottles of this that are coming out on December 8th, which is why 
Uh, he is going to do a distillery release. It is a little bit special. There's only 220 bottles of these. This bottle was laid down the same time that his barrel one was laid down that was released two years ago. For those of you that know Heath, we've had him on the show three or four times now. Go back into the archives. We've had some really, really good conversations with him. One about kind of how he got started and how he changed the legislation in Tennessee. We had one where we talked about his rye. We had one where we were talking about um, the the barrel pick that Craft Brood did of his. That That is actually going to come out here uh, soon. They did two barrels and they released each barrel separately, but now they're going to mingle them together and have a third release or a third bottle. Oh yeah, I forgot they did that. They only released half of each barrel and then took, put them back in. So that is about to drop. Huh. So look out for that at Craft Brood. That's going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be just shy of 130 proof, but it will be... A mingling and, and a marriage of the the two barrels they did that tasted really good together. Did you get to drill that one? No, not oh, John. I wish. I wish. John, but, John, John. As we know, this one is a bottled and bond. Has all the bottled and bond characteristics that we talk about ad nauseum. But it is a hundred proof, fifty percent ABV, aged about forty nine months, so a month over the requirement of forty eight months to be bottled and bond as well as a bunch of other requirements that need to be... Anybody else in Tennessee doing bottled and bond? Jack I, Daniels has one. Don't do I, don't, I don't think Dickel does. I don't... Pritch, Bell Mead, I think theirs might eventually. I don't know. Because hmm. theirs is still land, so it's going to be over four years. Yeah. But I don't know if it they met all the other requirements for bottle and bond. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But... Nose on this one, I mean, so I always like his stuff. It is a four-grain whiskey. It is a little bit different. It has some malt to it. it it's kind of, it is a four-grain whiskey, but he, it, it's almost like he's a, a beer brewer first, and, and there's always that malt characteristic to it. I know he kind of always aims for a, a mixture of a Weller and Four Roses profile, but um, I think it gets a little more malt than that. And, and I don't always get that on his stuff, but I really like his stuff because it's like an oatmeal malt. You can tell that he has a lot of those beer characteristics to it. The nose on this one for me, I'm just going to run through all of them. Nose on this one was like malted sweet candy, vanilla sweet fruit. It was very, very sweet on the nose for me. I thought it was a, a really, really well done nose to have to... To really approach the whiskey, and and I'm not just saying that because we we're friends with them, and he gave us this sample. But um, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. The nose really kind of drew me in. The taste was like grandma's cooking in the oven. It was like that oatmeal malt baking, like she's making cookies for me, is what I got. Um, like a sweet malted cookie with baking spices, and and that. Obviously, I, I said it over and over, and I like to say words over and over just to annoy Zeke. But oh, I, I wish I'd you know took a shot every time you said malt. I'd be in great shape right now. I know malt. If you're playing at home, I'm just malt. glad there's no apricot in this too, or I'd have to shoot myself in the head. No, but it was it was like a a baked oatmeal cookie. 
So that's interesting because well, I'll, I'll just go in the notes formally and then we'll... and then and then the finish for me it was a dark fruit that lingered, and and it kind of just stayed there nicely in the palate. Um, not too much of a burn for me on this at a hundred proof, um, but it was just a really enjoyable pour. I, I re- it's the thing I was going to say, and then I will let you give your notes is. It's everything I wish Stranahan's was. The the yellow label Stranahan's. Like the it, it really is I know you're a big Stranahan's fan, but if we're talking about a an American whiskey that has malt in it, I this I loved ten times more than Stranahan's. Hmm. Interesting. I guess I would at least uh initially just so I don't forget to think about it would be i wonder on the perception of malt because although i get it in there um, it was not the heaviest characteristic i really got at all whereas with stranahan's it is number one it's more of the oatmeal yeah to me is is, i mean i said malt over over and over just to annoy you but it's really that oatmeal mixed with the malt but it's more of a, a heavier oatmeal than the malt Hey, you're, you're not annoying me. I at least have a drink in my hand. I'm going to feel bad. People that hear this and they're in their car going to work and then their kid's in the back seat going, malt, dad, malt, 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 malt. Man, I don't have a wreck. <laughs> I, I, for, I just, if someone's having a drinking party with us, just drink every time. Re-listen to this episode. <laughs> our, our, our equally uh, pin hook and apricot. Hey. <laughs> All right, so on the bottled and bond here from Heath, nose-wise, um, I picked up some chocolate, barley, malts. Um, there was light singe I got. Um, you know, it says appropriate for a 100-proofer. The the big thing I picked up uh, was the bakeless cookies. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, things like chocolate, oatmeal, and probably a few other things, but, you know, they just mix it up all well and then throw it down on a wax piece of paper uh, you know, it looks kind of like a sand dollar or some other shape, but you don't actually bake them. That was the biggest profile I got out of it. I mean, it really just seemed to dial it up 100% for me. I just got excited because it was like a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put down that it was, you know, more stout tasting to me, or like an oatmeal stout, than a bourbon, which, not to go too far off the tracks here, but, you know, if you follow stuff locally, Bell Mead just put out their second edition barrels of the Black Bell, which I admittedly, you know, haven't been a fan of, of either release of either of the barrels really. But to me, whatever the the stout difference in those versus what I'm picking up on this with that extra added oatmeal, it goes from non enjoyable to enjoyable for whatever reason. I mean, I like plenty of stouts, Guinness, and you know, even oatmeal stouts, but. To me, something about that one more just staunch, darker profile when mixed in with a, a, a bourbon just didn't hit home for me. But this does pretty darn well, I think. Uh, after some time in the glass, did finally pick up a little bit of corn on the back end of the nose. But it, you know, it's by no means overly off-putting. And, and for only four years, I think people are going to go and expect him to get much more corn, honestly. Palette-wise... It was just an, an oat bomb. That's what I kept thinking about was, you know, laughing about how much the Black Bell is, you know, somewhat of a blend, so to speak, profile-wise wise of, uh, you know, beer and, and bourbon that has always been off-putting to me. And this one, I, you know, I got the same initial conception of, wow, 
this is really just kind of like an oatmeal stout, but it's bourbony, you know, not heavier in the beer sense, but obviously alcohol-wise. And, and that was really the biggest note that I had. Um, again, uh, similar to the nose after some time in the glass, uh, some sweetness to kind of pick up on the back end. Didn't get a ton of finish, but um, I mean, honestly, that's usually not my biggest note or concern or, or what I pick up. But, um, you know, at four years, I thought this had a very interesting profile. And as many, um, you know, craft beard people as there are out there now, I think this could really hit an interesting audience of folks that maybe aren't the biggest bourbon fans. But, you know, if you like that style of, uh, you know, oatmeal stout, I think this would definitely be in the wheelhouse. I think that's where get your recorder ready. And I know I say that facetiously because we are being recorded, but... Zeke's notes were better than mine on that one. (laughs) And I think you said what I was thinking and I was overwhelmed just by really just enjoying it. I think I go for, I liked the Black Bell. I enjoy that whiskey. Not all the time, right? It's not a, it's it's not like I'm going to pull out the Black Bell every day, Um, but I really enjoy that oatmeal stout characteristic Um, in a whiskey. I don't mind it. And, and I really enjoyed this one. I think probably because it's that oatmeal stout, but almost had that cookiness to it. Uh, and you're right. I, I think a lot of the things that I think I'm, that I was calling malt, I think is more of that oatmeal stout characteristic. And, mm. and just in listening to you, it almost refined what I was thinking in my head. Uh, not like you were swaying me to, an opinion, but just really clarified what I was getting. Cause sometimes I think we all just kind of get a rush of flavor in our mouth and you're like, what is that? <laughs> and then somebody says it, you're like, yes, yes, that was it. But I will definitely be in line to get one of these, uh, not only to support a local distiller who helped really make craft distilling a big thing in Tennessee uh, and is, you know, one of the big guys responsible for the Tennessee whiskey trail and all the things going on with that. But I also really, really enjoy this whiskey. Uh, Zeke, I think I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you're in the camp and you'll probably just take pours from me. Uh, maybe only the fact uh, I'd also th- throw the asterisks in of it being distillery only. And I'm not sure if I can make it down there for that. <laughs> um but no, I, I, I did enjoy this. And, and honestly, being, you know, Christmas time of year and uh, those bakeless cookies just all always show up, you know, somewhere at somebody's house or somebody brings them to work. <laughs> I think if you just, you know, sat down one night with a, a nice pour of this, uh, those, those bakeless, you know, flat looking oatmeal cookies with the uh, light milk chocolate, man, I don't know if it would beat cookies and milk because it would be so much of a similar flavor versus a little bit of balance, but You'd have yourself a good night and then probably sleep well, depending on how big that pour was. I'm planning on uh, killing this bottle over Christmas break. That's kind of, you know, make some cookies with my daughter, uh, hang around with the family, and kill a bottle of this. I'll, I'll be waiting on the picture from the uh, the better half of, you know, you passed out in the chair, you know, the, 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 the cookie on the chest, semi melted, the, the glasses in the hand, and just a big shit-eating grin. Santa fell asleep, everyone. <laughs> well, last but not least, I know 
that I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball here at Zeke. Uh, something we were going to talk about last week that we did not get to talk about. And we admittedly, we have our notes down on this because we talked about it. And Zeke didn't necessarily need notes on this. Uh, but we were planning on having a little conversation, too, in the episode last week on old Ezra barrel strength. The seven years old, likely from Heaven Hill, but it is put out by Luxco. It's 117 proof, 58.5 ABV, retails at $39.99. A lot has come of this in just people talking about this becoming an everyday drinker, this being a really good barrel strength that's out at $40. You know, for me, um, I've seen the price of this go up astronomically on secondary. I've seen stores put this out for 75 bucks now instead of uh, the $40 where it was. And it's becoming increasingly hard to find as buzz comes out about this product. I know some people have done some taste tests on this and it scored pretty high. I got a lot of brown sugar and vanilla on the nose. The taste for me was heavy butterscotch vanilla with a slight hint of oak. The oak is more prevalent the longer it sits out. I also got a little bit of nutty characteristics on it on the on the taste for me. The finish was medium with a nice nut, nutty linger. But my tasting notes aren't really why we're talking about this. I think you could probably do your tasting notes on um, on memory, but <laughs> I'm not going to make you. But uh, do you have some or no? I don't, honestly. When we tasted this, there was a lot going on, and I was in, engaged in about two conversations and trying to balance those. Um, but admittedly, I, I had had a bottle uh, already, and I think it lasted about three days. I'm not saying that in the context of I couldn't stop drinking it. I'm saying that when I got it, you know, it was right after it was released. And yeah, it was a, a decent to pour, fine pour, whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't call it, definitely call it anything more than fine. But at the same time, you know, the perception I had was, ah, you know, it's not bad. I'm sure I get plenty more of these. It's going to go and crush one, which, you know, you, you gave me a little bit of a hard time for if we could have used it, which <laughs> probably so. Uh, I guess it was just the mood I was in. Um, Zeke posted it in the Facebook group and had it open. It was giving notes on it. I said, you know, we could have done that together. Yeah. And then I posted it upside down and empty. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> some days, some nights, some somethings. But um, I don't think that's necessarily why you wanted me to bring it up. No. Um, I mean, to me, it's, I guess it's somewhat of a rare occurrence in this day and age, which is pretty sad, but you get what you pay for with it. I mean, coming in, you know, it's seven years. You pretty well know it's going to be Heaven Hill juice and it's cash strength. And, you know, I don't can't think off the top of my head any other cash strength Heaven Hill stuff that's out there, but... We've all drank plenty of 100-proof bottled and bonds at six years. The Virgin 7-Year 101's out there. It's not too far off from other offerings that are in... You know, you're going to get Elijah Craig cast strength. You're going to get, you know, the, the WHH. But, I mean, yeah, to me, it, I, I laugh and plenty of people message me and, and ask about it. And I just continually use the, the adage of a, a little gif of um, Denny Green back when he was coaching the, the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. But that's what it is. Like, you get what you pay for. 
40 bucks, seven year, heaven hill juice at cash strength. I, I don't think anyone's going to be blown away or amazed. And if they are, it's because of what state the market can be in, especially depending on where you live. Uh, but but you, I doubt anyone's disappointed either, um, which is sadly just a rarity these days. But I think it's just our way. And, and one of the things that we want to touch on, I mean, my notes are not, I, I enjoyed it. Brown sugar and vanilla on the nose. I like the the heavy, heavy butterscotch. It almost coated my mouth with it. Um, that vanilla with the slight hint of oak. I mean, it wasn't a bad bourbon at all. And it is a great bourbon at $40. I would caution anybody that over $40, I, I personally, I would put it up in a blind and I would tell you that once you get up into the Four Roses and the Russell's Reserve and the Knob Creek pick territory and all those, you know, once you get into those store pick territories, I am not going to prefer that over a really good store pick from one of those three places. I, I just, I know I've done it blind and I, I would not go for that over Four Roses, Russell's Reserve, Knob Creek, all those other things that you can get that are really, really solid. You know, the it just doesn't wow me enough. It At $40, I'd say it's a great bourbon for the price. Yeah, especially if you're a, a, a cash-strength fan. Um, but at the same time, there's plenty of people that aren't. And to those people, Long Branch at 40 bucks is where they'd rather be, and that's fine too. But Old Ezra has, uh, I, I will do a plug for Grand Cru in town, has Old Ezra at 101 proof for seven years. That's a $20 bottle. And, you know, if this is going up to, uh, if this is going up to 75, that $20 bottle looks really, really good. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to drop 75 bucks, go find the discontinued Ezra 12. That's a good pour. Yep, that's a great pour. But we just want to make sure we got that in there. We want to make sure we covered it because it was lingering on our mind as a lot of people asked us what we thought of the Ezra. But if you want to hear more of what we think, go ahead and join our Facebook group. I know I've already mentioned that. It's Dad's Drinking Bourbon on Facebook. Zeke will talk to you on there, right? Yeah. I mean, we both try to keep up with it. Uh, obviously, life, work, kids, and whatever beckon from time to time and uh I don't know. There was that glitch, you know, last week, which everything was all of Facebook, but you know, groups just weren't uh, you getting know, updates. Well, the chronological thing just wasn't working. Like, oh yeah, I would continuously see somebody posted and click on it, like can't find any posts. <laughs> they delete it. Somebody lying to me. But we we do try to get in there a lot. But there are a lot of good people in that group that are posting and talking, and uh, it's a great community. We think everybody should join it. Go ahead and find our podcast on your favorite podcast provider, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Podknife, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, whatever you like. Go ahead and find us. Uh, we're also on TuneIn. We're on uh, YouTube, audio only. Please leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you like us. Those things actually do help. It, it bumps us up so that more people can find us. So please just take two seconds out of your day. Leave us a five-star review. Um, we know there's one guy that hates us. So whoa, we, whoa, whoa, he just talks about you more than me. Wow. Well, we appreciate him listening. 
I really appreciate that he <laughs> listens. But go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, also, please follow us on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? You know, most of the time right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Occasionally, John's off drifting on a boat somewhere and other things. But for the most part, we're here. Give us a heads up if you're coming to town. Uh, we, we really do love meeting folks and do our best to accommodate where we can. Uh, obviously, we can be somewhat limited depending on what family beckons. Uh, but there's nothing more enjoyable to us than uh, you know putting faces and names together and, and sharing some pores, too. Wish I was still floating out there. Cheers. Ciao.